0: Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Track at Track, our aim is to shine a light on the UK running scene. This week on Track, we have a roundup of the latest news and results from around the running world, including Leeds' Abby Dash, the female UK one-hour track record and more, and we also have an interview with marathon runner Matt Leach after his impressive performance at London a few weeks ago, where he ran a new PB of 2.15.31. As always, I'm joined by Kat Hutchison and George Beardmore. How are we doing, guys?
1: Yeah, good.
0: Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, George. All good here. Kat, you weren't with us last time. You were off stunning yourself in sunny climates. How was your um, holiday and, and uh, what you've been up to since?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So I was out in Mallorca for the week. Um, there was eight of us and four were competing in a triathlon, uh, two were doing the half Ironman, two doing the four Ironman. So it's sort of, yeah, just spectating for me, but, um, yeah, it was really good. I managed to actually get some decent running done out there. I managed to do a 13 mile run and some 10 mile runs. So that was, that was pretty good. I did give myself a bit of an Achilles injury flying and I'd really like to know how the, pros actually managed to fly and then run races straight afterwards because I went for a little jog on the Wednesday when we arrived and my ankles were swollen and it gave me an an Achilles injury and so well niggle that I had to manage all week.
0: From the what the air pressure you think on the plane?
1: Yeah like you know your feet always swell up on a plane
0: yeah And,
1: and then like my ankles were just swollen and I just thought I'd just go for a little jog and it was and like I was over 10 minute miling, I just couldn't move and didn't really notice at the time but then the next day I went out to do a longer run and right from the start my achilles was bad and so all week I had to do like 13 miles one day and then three miles the next day and which is yeah annoying i I guess they probably use compression socks or something. to. Mm.
0: to... Judge, judging by George's face when you said that, I don't think George's feet swell up on a plane. No. no.
1: <laughs> maybe,
0: yeah. maybe it's the age.
2: Maybe,
1: but... Yeah, I think it yeah, is. I've
0: not been on a
2: plane in so long that I don't even know, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's probably not flown since he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <No>. Bloody kids. <laughs> yeah, it
1: doesn't, doesn't happen to kids. <laughs>
0: Did you the thing where you, you get up regularly and move around and all that, or did you just sit in your seat? I,
1: it was only a two-hour flight, but oh. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, that that was annoying. But um, next time I interview someone who flies a lot and runs, I'm going to ask them yeah. whether that happened to them. Um, but yeah, it was good. I only I only took one pair of running shoes out with me, and the expo for the Ironman had mm. this um hoka stand where you could borrow shoes for 24 hours and so you could go and try a pair of um like well the carbon x ones and stuff like that you could just borrow them for 24 hours go and do your run in them and take them back and um so i i borrowed a pair of those twice i borrowed a pair of normal running shoes so it was um yeah very good Better than better than having to buy them all and decide that they're rubbish. But, did you enjoy you know. did you enjoy the hokers? Yeah, they were actually pretty good. I I don't think the Carbon X are as fast as my vapor flies, but they do feel a bit more stable. Mm. Um and they were I can't remember they were like, like ring coin threes or something with the like normal ones and I really like them. Mm. They were good. I'll probably buy some of them.
0: Oh very
1: good. But, very good.
0: Yeah. And um hilly out there, is it in Mallorca?
1: Um where where we were was right on the seafront. So there was there is a lot of hills, I guess, because that's everyone I was with was cyclists and they were heading off up into the hills every day hmm. to go and cycle. But I was just running along the main seafront and actually I think Andrew Davies has been out there. Um
0: yeah
1: and i've been mean, watching all where he's been running and it there really isn't any very good running routes around there it's really quite uninspiring but um
0: yeah i noticed noticed on his strava he'd been over there as well
1: yeah he's um and yeah going around a lot of the same routes not getting as lost as me though which is a bit disappointing my my 13 mile run was meant to be a 10 miler but it, mm.
0: You didn't just go out in one direction, turn around and come back.
1: I tried to make it more interesting than that. but. (laughs) But, um, We're
0: recording a bit later than normal, Kat, because you've just come off a call with um, our next episode's interviewee, uh, Rose Harvey. So how was that?
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was really good. She's really interesting. Um, I think that would be a good lesson for anyone. Um, She just just ran 229 at London and really is quite new to marathon running so really exciting um to see how she gets on in the future and yeah I guess we'll be releasing that in a couple of weeks
0: yeah absolutely well, that's great George how are you everything all right you've been doing some tasty sessions in Loughborough I've seen
2: yeah yeah all good thank you um yeah busy time of year course wise I think um Semester one always seems to be worse. But, yeah, getting back into it, get, just getting used to actually going to lectures again rather than rolling out of bed and sitting in my laptop. Or what the big difference for me is is last year, I only had to be back from a run at 8.55, make some toast or cereal and then sit in front of a computer, whereas now I have to be back, shower, eat breakfast, walk half an hour to campus. It's, yeah, just remembering yeah, how much for fat that is walking to campus rather than just sat down all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, all good on that training. Um took a while to recover from the Great South run. Probably did a session on a Wednesday and that was pretty, you know what I mean? I, I hit the paces I was supposed to, but it was just miserable, to be honest. Uh, legs were still very heavy. Felt like breathing was fine, but my legs just couldn't move any faster. Um then felt pretty rubbish again Thursday, Friday, and decent session Saturday, and then pretty tired again Sunday. And then, so really only the following Monday, Tuesday, when I really started to feel back to normal. So I think it did take a lot out of me, whether that was mentally or physically. So I didn't do lead, sabby dash in the end. I had an entry, but yeah, just wasn't the right thing to do. So, um, but no, training's been going well since then. Good. Well, last week of training was probably one of the the best weeks I've had,
0: full stop. Really, so that was good. Um, so yeah, all good. Right. So we saw, or I saw, uh, was it a five by five minutes you did on the track in the Luffa group? Six by five minutes. Six yeah, by five minutes. Okay, and that looked quite. The uh, splits like you looked like you sort of progressed through those reps pretty well, and finished with the f- what were you finishing on by the end there? Well, four four thirty nine through the
2: mile, and then one hundred and. 30 meters i suppose after that yeah. um it's a really good session it's it's annoying in that sort of for me i always go past a mile um but then that means that the better session i'm having the more i get sort of penalized recovery wise because if i if you go to like 16 30 then you've got a minute to get back to the start that's mm-hmm. fine you just wander back you end up going like past 1700. You have to sort of power walk it back, back across like the high jump bit. Um, And then you stand on the line and you've got about five seconds left and you'll go again. So that's the only annoying thing. But um, no, it was a re- really good session. I think I averaged 443 or something through the mile, which is the fastest I've ever done that session. So yeah, yeah that was good. Really good session. And it's it's good because we do it like the... Like the middle distance runners might do six by three minutes or six by four minutes off two minutes or three minutes depending on what you do so that means even if like it's not there's not as many people in the front group as normal or like yeah it always means you've got people to run with because yeah the even the the people that are a bit slower that are doing three minute reps um can like drag you around for three minutes so i I was just sat on someone basically the entire time he was doing four minute reps and then I just had to do the last minute on my own so that helped quite a lot
0: yeah great the video I saw on Instagram what did I see Tom Mortimer there uh yeah was that yes I think he was there I think was he, he, I been, late. Was he um, graduated is he still training at Loughborough is that right yeah so he lives in Loughborough um yeah so he's obviously got
2: his new balance deal but yeah I think he's teaching part-time at the college Um, that's like part not part of the university but um, yeah same sort of thing Um, so but yeah he's living in Loughborough still so so trains he's been at pretty much every session which has been good
0: yeah great because when we interviewed him a while ago he wasn't quite sure what he was going to do post degree obviously he hadn't had his new balance deal by then so um, yeah okay that's cool very nice Um, cool just quick update on where I am I'm sort of getting back into sort of more structured training now after the sort of post-marathon bit. Um, Derby 10-miler is next on my list in a couple of weeks time. So uh, just doing some, a couple of sessions a week now and getting mileage back up and then have a, a few easy days before Derby 10-miler. And it's just, I've never raced a 10-mile before. So quite looking forward to that. Um, I think your podcast 10-mile record's probably safe for now, George. Um, But yeah, we'll give it a crack and and see what happens. So yeah, that's where I am. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, all good. How have the sessions been
2: since London or since the week or so off?
0: Yeah, okay. The first week I was tired, um, but since then I've I've felt pretty good. Mine is still quite low. So I think I've been between, I don't know, I think I hit 68 last week. So relatively low still. So the legs are, are quite fresh now. Which is yep. nice. I'm only doing sort of a Wednesday Saturday session or or, or Wednesday and then long one Sunday session. So um, keeping it quite light till, and then I suppose New Year we'll start ramping it up again properly.
2: That's and awesome. that's for well, it's not for London because London is in October. but spring marathon.
0: Yeah, so Cat and I are both doing Manchester. Pretty yeah yeah, uh, signed up for that. So um, yeah, not long now. Well, it is long now, Cat. But I'm, I think when the New Year comes by. I think we... Yeah, uh,
1: probably just before Christmas we'll have to start the build-up. Yeah. yeah, well, um, so
0: 16 weeks will be... Uh,
2: yeah, 16 weeks will just be before Christmas. Is it end of March? Or no? First week uh, later, isn't it? Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Early in April. So does that mean no cross-country for you in a couple of weeks, then
0: Yeah, I'm not doing the first league fixture because I wanted to do the 10-mile, but then I should be there for the others, so... Um, yeah yeah it's a shame to miss it but I thought there'd be three others to
1: yeah
0: whilst I'm in there so I do a, a different thing
1: yeah how about you George are you at the first cross country
0: yeah I'll be
2: there um I think all divisions are there aren't they for the Birmingham League which is gonna be like a thousand people she's yeah 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 if sure. I remember rightly it's not particularly wide start at crew. it's downhill I think that could be interesting to say the least um yeah, yeah. We'll see. Really and hopefully I'll be able to squeeze my way into the front and just Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting start, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the I think they thought less people would turn up because of lockdown and things, but I think actually more people are going, you know. I think both Worcester and Black Pairs have got coaches going. Um mm. and so yeah, I think they it's gonna be a. Yeah going to be fun anyway we'll
0: have already churned the course up for you nicely by the time you start yeah <laughs> very good lots of cross country to talk about i'm sure in the coming weeks um so yeah all good so we jump into some results guys um not a huge amount has happened some pretty big results but um not a huge amount of them uh we'll start with uh we'll just fly through these Leeds Abbey dash as you said george you didn't run it but um it happened last week or last sunday Quick stat here. Prior to the race this year, 32 men from GB had broken 30 minutes for the 10K in total. Um, and at the race, 27 men did it. Um, so just sort of reiterating how quick Leeds Abidash seems to be. So 27 men went under 30 minutes. Kadar um, Omar won in 2846. Second place was Omar Ahmed from Birchfield, 2850. And third place, David Malarkey was third in 29-13. Um, George, pretty good in terms of quality in the men's and also we saw a British under-20 record. Yeah, yeah, really, I mean, not,
2: not surprise, really. Sub-29 and yeah, lots of sub-30s and yeah, Sam Charlton, I think, he's at Leeds Beckett, I think. Um, he ran 29 17, 10k debut, that's, yeah, that's pretty good, that is. Um, hopefully, unlike a previous edition when was it i think it was a couple of years ago it was like 20 meters short wasn't it yeah hopefully that doesn't happen again um (laughs) uh, but no yeah really impressive times um and yeah just i saw sort of when when i was seeing the results and seeing people i've raced against um sort of run sub 30 or fast times i did start to think maybe i could have done it um yeah got a bit fear of missing out but particularly as the Saturday session went okay but then I went my Sunday long run was done terrible again so
0: um yeah probably the best decision because you, yeah, I think know, you had a go. chance if um 10k was first do you reckon do you think if you ran 10k first and then had the 10 miler afterwards you'd have been
2: yeah yeah definitely I think I probably would have been able to do because I've, re- I've recovered from 10ks pretty quickly in the past I think um so yeah I think I would have done it the other way around but yeah, I think I didn't appreciate how much the last like three, four miles, particularly with the wind in South Sea. Um, Yeah, how much that took out of me. So it was a good decision. But seeing all the fast times, I did start to think, yeah, yeah maybe I should have done it.
0: Get yourself there next year. And you'll yeah. Another year fitter. Um Quick in the women as well. So top three women all went sub thirty-two and all ran PBs. So Jess piasecki first place, 3119, Charlotte arter second and 3130. And that was shortly after her impressive display at Cardiff Cross. And Jessica Judd in third place in a time of 3138. And Jessica Judd ran well, PB there. And that was um shortly after putting a bit of a long Instagram out about her disappointment of the lack of funding in terms of the british athletics olympic funding so um yeah interesting there it's strange one with jessica judd there george and kat um yeah based on is it medal potential who knows what it's based on but but just didn't seem to get anything there
2: yeah it's tough isn't it because they get distance is to get penalized because of how good africa are or kenya and ethiopia uganda in particular um, I mean you can see why they do it on medal potential because that's like in terms of the general sporting media more people are interested in Johnson Thompson winning a medal in a maybe weaker worldwide event than like seeing McColgan come 10th in the 10k like it's just medals are particularly Olympic medals that yeah it's what that's like the benchmark so you can see why they do it like that but then it sort of isn't really fair, particularly when there's probably like 10 men and 10 women on relay funding just because we might get a bronze medal in a relay or, and then, so it, it, it seems unfair, but the 10th best sprinter, or I'm, it's not necessarily 10, but whatever it is, 8th best sprinter gets funding and then one of our best ten k runners or they don't. So yeah, it's difficult. And then it must be even more annoying for those athletes when like, Two days later, the people that made that decision stepped down. So yeah, bit of a mess.
1: Yeah, I saw um Sam Atkin as well. Um he's struggled for years, hasn't he, to get any sort of funding. And he was as well left out despite being at the Olympics. And it's um yeah, yeah. it must be disappointing when you feel like you can't really reach your full potential because you can't get the funding to really focus on it.
0: Yeah let's jump into that straight away and um, then guys we were gonna I was gonna wait till the news section but as you mentioned there George change at um, UK Athletics so Joe Coates and Sarah Simmington in an abrupt exit um, so this was in BT's first week as governing bodies cha- as the governing body's chairman and that saw the, the departure of uh, Joe Coates who was the chief executive and performance director Sarah Simmington. Um statement was released on Thursday, fairly out of the blue, I think it was, I think it's fair to say. Um, so, and the sort of debate whether it seems to be a bit of a coincidence that it happened on the same uh, week as Ian Beattie started. So suggestion that perhaps they were pushed rather than, the, than jumping, but no real clarification on that. It was met fairly um, unanimously with anger and disappointment on social media from athletes, coaches and fairly high profile names. Um, I think the fact that they were so new into the roles, the fact that how it was announced, lots of athletes only finding out through social media. Um, so as you said, George, a bit of a mess and a bit unclear as to why and what's going to happen next.
2: Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with British Athletics or UK Athletics. It's, yeah, I mean, we, we did have a week Olympics really um, there were some highlights like Hodgkinson and Kerr and a few others and we got unlucky with injuries but then our injuries always unlucky are they just not getting the right support physio wise or it's like Asher Smith's injury was misdiagnosed like stuff like that shouldn't be happening um, and then you got the Ujar thing and doping like yeah it's not not great um, and it Things I'm playing like more of a spotlight, maybe on it because we got less medals than ever before. And that's not necessarily a reflection of what's going on at UK Athletics. It's probably more just that Farrah, Ennis, Rutherford all happen to leave at the same time. But um, yeah, it's definitely not looking great. I yeah, I don't
1: know much about. Them, but Jo Coates definitely didn't make a good impression when she was first in. And one of the first things was all that run equal stuff where she seemed really, you know, to have no sort of insight into what athletes actually wanted, you know, for so many big name athletes to come out and, um, you know, say so that's not what they actually wanted. It just seems like she wasn't very in touch with, you know, current runners and it just and well any sort of (laughs) athletics so you know i think things can only get better now
0: yeah interesting to see what happens next and um yeah we'll try and keep you guys up to date with it when it when it happens um jump back into the results a few things obviously um we'll touch upon the women's half marathon world record being broken just because of the amazing amazing time and fairly breathtaking splits so um lesson Beck-G'day smashed the world half marathon record in valencia um and she ran a time of 62 minutes 52 seconds which took 70 seconds off the previous world record from Ruth. i'm sorry ruth chapangich um just fairly amazing so i've got some of the um some of the splits here so In terms of her 5K splits, um, she went through the first 5K in in 15 minutes, um, and then she went through 10K in 29.45, which is just seven seconds off the world record for that distance. She went through 15K in 44.29, and then her pace slowed slightly, but she still, as I said, went on to to run 62.52. Fairly um, impressive, George, fairly breathtaking. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty unbelievable, really.
2: Um, just yeah, amazing time. So, yeah she's got she's got three now. Is she today? Five ten.
0: Yeah, five ten and five. half marathon now. So, um, yeah, very impressive. She pretty.
1: She looks pretty amazing when she runs, doesn't she? She looks like she might just have perfect running form. Mm yeah it's it's not surprising looking at the way she runs that she can no. run such impressive times
0: yeah and uh, impressive times throughout Valencia. so Valencia sort of again cementing itself as one of the emerging quickest places for distance running marathons and half marathons so that's that um, one of our previous guests so clara evans ran a very impressive marathon in rotterdam she ran 231 um, which sort of bettered her Olympic trials time, and she came fourth, so that was great. And Kerry prize was the next UK athlete running two fifty. And the Rotterdam Marathon was the same marathon where Bashir Abdi broke the European record running two oh three. Where Jake Smith, another previous interviewee, was on pacing duties, and I think went through twenty seven k with with Bashir Abdi uh, again, looking looking cruisy the whole way from what we saw. Um, so, yeah, really impressive there from Clara and Jake Smith. We saw some results in terms of cross-country, cross, cross country and that's back. We saw cross-country relays happening and a few of the first fixtures for leagues around the country taking place and uh, some high-quality racing at Newport and Coventry um, events. So, all good. Next one, we're going to talk about George. And this one, I didn't know what's happening until I saw it, um, it had happened, was Worcester. Um, local or um, previous resident of Worcester, Alice Wright broke the UK national track, one hour record uh, for females. And she did that in uh, Arizona, in Phoenix. Um, So Alice Wright, who's a HOKA sponsored athlete and runs with the NAZ elite crew, um, had a fairly rough couple of years, couple of injuries, a few uh, DNS's, um, but she's sort of gearing up for the, her marathon debut in Valencia on the 5th of December. And obviously in good shape so she took down the previous record of which was 16,495 meters held by Michaela McCallum and she ran 17,044 meters in the hour on the track um what do you think George pretty good yeah I don't really know
2: much about the hour and yeah quite how fast What what's like good I suppose but um I think it's like five 35 a mile or something like that um, from what I saw which is 73 something half marathon pace Um, which I think when you put it like that is makes it sound pretty good yeah it's hard to know with the with the hour um, because it's not run really very often but um, yeah I suppose I think she won she won the Athens half or something like that a few weeks ago and I think that was her first race in a long time. And I'm pretty sure it was that was like seventy five minutes maybe, so she's now done an hour at seventy three minute pace. That's good progress, having come back from injury, so yeah
1: yeah, look forward to seeing what she'll do in her debut marathon It's, yeah. it's looking like we're getting some you know we didn't have much depth in the marathon when it came to the trails at que, but it looks like there's quite a few people heading that direction at the moment. So
0: hopefully we'll get a bit more depth in the women's field. For sure. yeah. yeah. I know Alice had been due to run Chicago. This might have been last year and had to DNS. So yeah, just a really unlucky spell of injuries. So um, hopefully she's on the men now and, and we see her full potential. Um, great. And uh, George, you shared a, a coach with Alice, didn't you? So both coached by Dave
2: Walker? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was... Stefan Sternkopf, who introduced or got her to Worcester Athletics, I can't remember why, but I remember him telling me it at sports massage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, coached by Dave in the same group as Jane Nesbitt was with Deck McManus, he was a good runner. The Stocks, yeah, good, he was a good group that they had probably 10 years ago now, but yeah, um, I, I then was in, was coached by Dave as well, so
0: yeah, lovely, very good. Okay, guys, the only other bit of news we had um, was that the Commonwealth Games Marathon course in Birmingham has been unveiled. So as we know, the Commonwealth Games taking place in Birmingham next year, not long to go now at all. Um, For those of you who know Birmingham and know the area, these names might mean something to you. So the marathon will start in in Smithfield and finish in Birmingham's Victoria Square. Uh, it's got two distinct sections, a southern loop, which the athletes must complete twice, followed by a shorter city centre section. And this is this is a quote. It will showcase some of Birmingham's best loved landmarks to millions of TV viewers. So um, the runners pass Centenary Square, the jewellery court at St. Paul's Square and St. Philip's Cathedral before crossing the finish line in Victoria Square. So. Roots are announced. Um, I think there is a, there a few rolling hills, if I'm not mistaken, there is a bit of up and down throughout that course. Um, but yeah, good to see things happening there.
1: Yeah. And I think um, the qualifying for the course has been announced as Manchester, hasn't it? I don't know if you said that last week when I wasn't here. But um, so, so while we're running Manchester, we'll get to see who's who's qualifying for the Commonwealth.
0: Yeah. Maybe go <laughs> out hard, Kat. You never know.
1: Yeah, go out hard. I can... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll just see if I can hang on, get yes. a place. I'm all in for Manchester. <laughs> Sounds
0: good. Um, that's it, guys. That is pretty much it for this week. Um, George, we... or um, well, you sat down with... Um, Matt Leach, who's a um, marathon runner or is now a marathon runner, ran 215 in London a few weeks ago now. And um, would it be fair to say it fairly goes under the radar a bit, you know, based on the times that he's run? Not many people perhaps know Matt, um, but how was your interview with him anyway?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think maybe not. Uh, While well, being in America or, yeah, based in America probably doesn't help. You don't necessarily see them at like road relays and but it's in the more UK stuff. But um, yeah, really good interview. So he ran at London, ran a two minute PB, um, just outside the, the standards, I think, for next year, but still a, a big PB. Um, so yeah, really good interview just about his training, um, the marathon build up. Um, yeah, just about his life. He lives out in um, California, um, San Francisco, I think. And uh, yeah just just really good interview so hopefully listeners enjoy it
0: yeah great and did he go out there for college was that the reason he went over and stayed out there
2: yes so he i think i'm right in saying hopefully, right, he was at cambridge uni and then went out after university to, to study at san francisco i think and i'm pretty sure it was yeah it was google he works for now so um yeah clearly a very clever um, bloke as well as a very good runner
0: absolutely well yeah we hope you enjoy listening to that um, and thanks as always for, for listening to us ramble on for a little while and uh, we hope you enjoy the interviews um, as we said we've got Rose Harvey coming up in a couple of weeks and uh, we hope they keep on coming guys anything to report before we sign off mm, not a lot uh, another week of
2: training another week of training going to West Brom on Wednesday they said we're better than we were at the weekend yeah, um, it's national cross country we this weekend, isn't it? Not that I'm racing there, but quite a lot of the people in the group are, so that's always a fun event, I think. But,
0: um, yeah, that's it really for me. Perfect,
1: yeah, I've got nothing, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note,
0: we'll say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, take care. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, <laughs> see <ya>. Bye. <laughs>
2: This week on track, we're joined by Matt Leach. Matt has some impressive PVs from 344 to 1500, 1346 for the 5K, 2821 for the 10K, and then 21531 of a London Marathon earlier this month. Thank you for joining me, Matt. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for
2: having me. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I think we're what, two and a bit weeks after London now. So yeah, how are your legs? What have you been up to training wise since then?
3: Yeah, so I guess after London I had I had a week off, um, which was nice. Um my legs were definitely pretty sore then. I was struggling to go down the stairs for at least the first few days. Yeah. Um, but then started running last week. So I've been running for about a week now and Going alright. There's still definitely some kind of fairly deep tiredness there, yeah. but it's getting there, and I'll do a little bit more this week and then progress from that.
2: Yeah, sounds good. I imagine with the the marathon, it's sort of you because obviously you do a four month or whatever tough training block, high mileage, so you're probably on the limit going into race day, but just about fresh enough to get through it, and then sort of it just tips you over the limit and that fatigue and lasts for a while, I imagine
3: yeah I think um, just you're pushing your body so far in that race um yeah. and like both kind of mentally and physically um and you're kind of pushing it past the point where it probably wants to go yeah um so yeah it can just can just take a while i think to to recover
2: from that yeah and are you starting to kind of introduce sessions again soon? have you got any? races this side of christmas that you're you're targeting to to get back into it
3: um i'm not too sure about races just yet um this side of christmas um it probably depends on kind of how i recover yeah. but i think next week i'll probably do a, a sort of little fart like and see how that goes and then like progress from there but yeah, yeah i think the important thing now is kind of to recover properly um yeah. but then I'll add some more some more sessions over the next few few
2: weeks. Yeah, sounds good. Um so let's start with London men, as I said in the intro, you ran a, a big PD of two fifteen thirty-one. I think that was around a a two-minute PD. Um what were your aims going into it?
3: Yeah, so I guess there were there were two parts of the aim. There were the one was the time. So next with the Commonwealth Games, the England time is two fourteen. And then the European time is two fourteen thirty, so I guess on that that side of things I didn't quite run that fast, um, but the other part of it was definitely to really compete well amongst the the British guys and um, like race it well and try and compete really hard, kind of especially in the second half. And so yeah, so I was really happy with with third third Brit and ninth ninth overall was kind of definitely at the upper end of what i was what i was aiming for um so i was really pleased on on like that side of things
2: yeah no, uh, i think how do you when you're in a marathon like that and you you said there you want to to race it well but obviously you also know in the marathon that sometimes if you try and race too much and go a bit too hard then that can kind of cause yeah problems later on in the race um yeah, how do you balance those two things where you want to get involved, but also I want to be sensible?
3: Yeah, it's definitely hard, and something that I guess I I think I'm definitely still learning, having only done two. Um, with this one, so I went. There was a big group of us going out in um, like sixty-seven, fifteen through the half. So my plan was to stay stay with that pace and hopefully feel really relaxed. Um, at least through 10. Um, and I I got to 10 and I kind of felt like there was a really long way to go still. So I was pretty comfortable kind of carrying on that pace. And then we got to 13 and still felt like there was quite a long way to go. Um, so uh, like carried on with the group, the like the paces, Adam, Clark and Emil Carras It was like an awesome job for us. Yeah. Um And then, yeah, we got to around like 16 and at that point kind of pushed it on a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I think in a future one, maybe I would have I would have gone a little bit earlier. Um, But it's so hard. I think in my in my first marathon, I like really blew up pretty hard in the last four or five miles. Um, And so I sort of was nervous about that about you know if you go if you go too early and then you just like really hit the wall of four to go you can you can lose so much time yeah. um but yeah it's definitely something i'll I'll like take and learn and hopefully next time i'll be a bit stronger and um just can
2: have more confidence i guess yeah yeah definitely and how did you find the whole like london marathon experience obviously it's one of the first marathons back to have proper mass race, proper crowds. And I think your first marathon was, was it the marathon project in the US, which was sort of just an elite only, um, yeah, not, certainly not a big mass event like London. How did you find, yeah, being in that sort of environment with the big crowds and everything?
3: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think it was more more than I kind of imagined before. Um, and yeah, London Marathon, Looked after us really really well um so that was that was great and yeah i guess getting going through the crowds especially in the first kind of 10 miles around Sock, there was huge crowds and i was kind of trying to tell myself to just um like chill um don't get too excited even though the atmosphere is is really really good um and yeah i had a lot of like support out there so that was also awesome um it's really nice for people I knew
2: to be to be them. yeah yeah definitely have you done the the mini marathon before as a junior I haven't no no yeah I mean that was my me probably comes like nothing close to London Marathon because most people aren't out on my streets yet but yeah that was yeah just a similar thing you need to like tell yourself not to get too carried away because of the noise and everything and yeah um particularly with a marathon where like the first five ten miles or whatever should feel relatively easy it must be quite difficult to kind of not get too caught up in the moment with adrenaline and everything like that
3: yeah i think yeah having the like the two paces really made a difference there because yeah. like if you suddenly feel great and you try and run a load faster they'll you're not going to be with them anymore um so that was good and also i like that uh, the night of the 10,000s um in Highgate. ever like the atmosphere there is is really good as well and i've always um i think like a couple of times i i was way too pumped up at the beginning with the music and all the crowds um and ten thousand is is also a long way so yeah. gotta try and relax it the in the first half and then and then use the crowds a bit more in the second half
2: yeah yeah definitely um and then so as i said that time in london was two minute pb on what you ran at the marathon project which was your first marathon um how much did you learn from that first marathon experience and like how much do you still think you've got more to learn having only done two whereas i think probably see quite a lot of elites not really peak or get the hang of it until four or five maybe even more than that
3: yeah so i was um i mean i was really happy to have got the experience of running at the marathon project. was kind of, I think, without COVID, it probably wouldn't have happened. Um, But, yeah, it was, I think, doing, like, that slightly smaller marathon where you can control a bit more um, and there aren't all these, like, other external factors um, was was a really, really good experience. Um, And, yeah, I think, like, both from the training and the race, I was kind of confident, well, like I knew that I could do it and I could complete it, um, and so that was definitely a big thing. Um, and the water bottles as well, I think, was a was like quite an important part of that experience because, like, that went pretty well in the marathon project, and so I was I was sort of a bit more confident that I could get my bottles and like my you know, I would hopefully not have stomach problems, say, because I didn't have them in that one, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think all of those things um definitely made a difference um and yeah, learning going forward, I think um, yeah, I guess just kind of knowing a bit more where the limit is is probably is quite a big thing that I um spoke about with my coach after. Um but yeah, and like from the training point of view, figuring out what what kind of things work better and what, what don't work as well. Um and hopefully hopefully next time we can just do like a little bit more mileage, like a little bit bigger sessions, um and everything is just a little bit kind of more. You can try and run a bit faster.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then after that marathon project, I saw a video on your Instagram of you attempting to walk down the stairs which I'm sure a lot of marathon runners listening can relate to and you mentioned it um about after London as well were you surprised by after that first marathon quite how much the marathon took out of you because I think it's something people talk about but you don't fully appreciate until you've actually done one yourself
3: yeah so like in the short term um definitely was was like pretty surprised at quite how bad it was. I mean, I, I guess I'd heard I'd heard other people, but you never quite know until you experience it yourself. Um, and actually, like immediately after, it was also like kind of scary because you like you your legs just my legs just didn't work basically. I wasn't able to walk without kind of support for you know for like an hour I think. Um, but then they they improved and it was it was alright um but then also I think what I was what I was also nervous about was like I know that a lot of people for like the next few months after a marathon are just like still really tired and really struggle quite a bit um and so I was kind of a little I was kind of ready for that potentially um and yeah I think for the next couple months I definitely struggled with with like workouts and um didn't didn't get back to shape quite as quickly as i would have done in after a different race um so yeah it's it's a lot
2: yeah yeah i can imagine um and so you mentioned about sort of learning from training did you learn anything from that first marathon block that you changed in the build up to london or was it mainly like pretty happy with with what worked and what everyone didn't
3: yeah i was I was pretty happy with that i think this time did a little bit more mileage um like i i ran my max week this time was one oh six um which i did three times whereas that one it was like one hundred and i did i think oh one hundred and ninety nine so it was like quite a big big jump um and Oh yeah. And I guess the the other thing actually was around so during COVID I, I didn't have access to a gym. Um and so I was doing a little bit less of the sort of like weights work. And so I felt like this time that keeping that going every week, even if it's just a little bit was was quite important. Um just for the sort of the strength and the um at the end of the race, I think that stuff comes into play a
2: bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I imagine when you're on that high mileage just kind of allows, well just supports that kind of mileage without without getting injury problems and needles and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, because yeah, because that the one in December I um I got a bit injured for the for the last three weeks. Um I can I didn't run from like three weeks to go until one and a half weeks to go basically. Um and so yeah, I managed to this time that was definitely in my head a little bit um and so i managed to like manage my body a little bit better i guess this time which was good
2: yeah yeah definitely um and would you say you have like typical marathon training week in terms of sessions long runs um is it all pretty much same throughout the block
3: uh yeah it's, um yeah so normally do a uh, like a Tuesday session should be intervals Um, and then Saturday session, which would be, it would depend, but normally quite a bit longer. So I've done like five by two miles or I did um, 50 miles at marathon pace, just probably the, like the biggest session. Um, And then Sunday is, is normally a, uh, a sort of, like long run like a pretty easy pace um so i was getting up to i think i did 24 max um and then yeah i was and then on uh, on Thursday i do some drills and strides just to keep the turnover but nothing too kind of too
2: fast yeah yeah do you think kind of the key to a successful marathon block is just nothing like special nothing crazy just consistent mileage consistent um like just being being at every run and, and not not being injured really and just keeping things consistent
3: yeah i mean i think i think there's a lot of a lot of ways to run to run a marathon and to do the training um because you know i know i guess some coaches like the canova special block i think is like you You do a really intense day, say, and then you really, really recover from that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things for me is just consistency, consistency over the years and consistency over the weeks. Um, And yeah, if you don't, if you don't miss any training, then you're going to be in a good place, um, I think. So, so yeah, I think that's definitely something that I, I really think about with my, with my running.
2: Yeah. And do you have an emphasis on kind of easy runs being easy or do you do lots of like steadier running as your easy runs? Um, yeah. How do you approach that?
3: Um, I normally run, I don't really, yeah, I normally run like relatively easy. I think this time I, as I would get more tired, as I was doing more mileage, I would kind of feel like I needed to slow down, which is normally not the case with um, like in the past with say 10k or half marathon training um, just to make sure I was recovering and getting that mileage in Um, but yeah I don't I don't do a ton of like I guess like say six minute 550 minute miling in my in my like regular runs Um, yeah it's mostly pretty easy
2: yeah yeah definitely um, and then, so before you moved up to the marathon, you had some success over the half marathon and short distances as well with the you ran 62, 57, I think at Houston in January, 2020, did you like feel it was important to gain some confidence with a, a good half marathon time just to bridge that gap between the, like the track and the, the 5 and 10k and then up to the marathon?
3: Yeah, I think um yeah like getting some experience on the roads is was important um and i mean i think i i'm pretty good at the half marathon as a distance um i think the training suits me quite well um that kind of pace that is you have to try and maintain for about an hour i think and i quite like that pace um and yeah it was i mean even if if I was just racing the 10K, I think that running those halves was was really good uh, experience, like the slightly longer, the longer side, um, and to uh, have confidence that I like the 10K was actually not quite as long. Um, but yeah, for the for the marathon, it definitely was was important to get in those um, those like longer road races and kind of have the experience of running in like bigger road races as well from the sort of um it's like houston, houston is a is a really big event and so yeah. um when i ran in the elite field there and so you sort of experience going to the um, like the technical meeting say the day before and then you experience going to the start line and being in the tent and then going to the um and then racing it um yeah and so that was also a like a use a really good experience
2: yeah yeah definitely and you've i think you improved from like 66 minutes i think for the half in 2018-ish and then to, to 63 or sub 63 in 2020 um was that just kind of more focused training on the, the half marathon distance that kind of brought that improvement
3: yeah i think um yeah like going back to consistency i think like every year i've i've done well at sort of building building on the last year and building and sort of building up my mileage and um like yeah working with my coach has been really, really important for that, like kind of doing that all together. Um and yeah, like doing more of the of the longer sessions. Um like I think when I started so my coach is uh Dina Evans. And so when I started with her, I would do like a five mile tempo um and then before the before houston i think i got up to like an eight mile tempo at closest to half marathon pace um so just just kind of increasing everything increasing the mileage increasing the sessions um was um yeah helpful there
2: yeah definitely um and what made you want to move up to those longer road, road races after like early success on the tracks Frank quickly, fifteen hundred, five K, ten K, was it but yeah, did you always see yourself moving up to the half marathon and the marathon?
3: I guess um yeah, I guess I'm not quite I don't know. Maybe I'm not quite fast enough at the track. Um I feel like I'm I'm like fast definitely fast enough. I still reckon I can get faster faster there as well. But um yeah, I think my best distances are probably the slightly longer ones and so um yeah running running a half seemed like a good a good thing to do um and then yeah eventually running running the marathons um and seeing how I would go over that like if I you know if it was too long for me say then I can I can always come back down to the to like the 10k say but I think like the marathon's gone pretty
2: well and the half marathon gone pretty well. So Yeah, um, so definitely. Yeah. Um and you, you had some kind of successes as a junior with those distances. I think you come third in the bucks, uh five thousand meters on the track and the fast fast PBs I mentioned, three forty-four, thirteen forty six, twenty eight twenty-one. Uh, you mentioned there that you would still like to go out and improve them. Would that would you do that as part of kind of a build up to marathon training or would you Do you want to go back and target some of those distances again?
3: Yeah, I think I'm pretty keen to go back um, and run track again, Um, kind of separate from a a marathon. Um, Even if, like, so this year I did did a pretty full track season and then um, I guess London was happening October and that seemed like a great opportunity. So I had a pretty short break in the summer and then, uh, like, slightly shortened kind of marathon block um before london um but yeah i think next next summer definitely i'd like to go back and try and and try and break some of those pbs um and yeah i think it'll be pretty pretty fun
2: yeah yeah definitely uh do you think like the because obviously if you do a a spring marathon then that probably affects your track season more do you think that's something you'd you'd look at doing next year, doing a spring marathon to maybe target the Commonwealth standard European standards, or do you, yeah would you see yourself kind of trying to have more of a, a track season next year
3: um, yeah, I think i will have to see um, but and see how I recover from London, but I think at the moment, I'm kind of more feeling like running the track. Um, but yeah we we'll, we shall see um need to see what like the British athletic selection policies are and all that kind of stuff um so yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's quite difficult to make a decision about when to do your next marathon after you've just done one because when you're kind of feeling that fatigue and yeah you're later still not back to normal, you can I imagine be easier to to say, I don't want to do a marathon, but I was, yeah, if you leave it, that decision for a a few more months, you might be more up for it.
3: Yeah. And I think especially the, the training, the sort of, I guess my, I probably had eight weeks, eight week, really hard training and then two week taper. Um, and just from a, like a, from a mental point of view as well, um, takes out a lot. It takes a lot out of you. You sort of feel like I was, I was like thinking about marathon training so much. Um and like trying to make sure you're you know you're not at risk of getting injured and you're trying to make sure you're recovering for the next for the next day or the next session. And um yeah, I think from that perspective as well, you need a bit of time um before going into that like really hard again.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, and just kind of going back to like the earlier or the shorter distances and moving up through them, how important do you think it is to have that that base and that speed at um some sh- yeah the, the shorter track races before thinking about moving up through the road races and into the marathon?
3: Yeah, I think I think it's probably pretty personal. I think I guess like I think most people do do sort of try and run the. 5k and then the 10k and half and the the marathon um and I think for me that was that was pretty important to to make sure I felt like I had a good handle on on one distance before moving up um but I know there are like there are other people who maybe go to the marathon a little bit earlier in their um in their careers um and it can work can work pretty well for them so um, I think it depends on the kind of run you are, but I think for me, like having that 10k pace um, makes the marathon pace feel a bit easier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely helps from that from that yeah. perspective and learning how to race the shorter distances before moving up, I think helps as well.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I'm looking on your power of 10, your, your first entry is Back in two thousand and seven, I think uh, a local cross country league fixture for Stevenage um, and North Hertfordshire, I think. Uh, do you remember that race? And, and what was it that got it, got you into long distance running as a as a kid?
3: Uh, yeah, I was. Um, I thought you might ask this, um, and so I looked back and, at what it was um, and. I don't really remember that specific race. I remember like racing the children league at that age, um, and, um, racing like the hearts, the hearts County champs, um, where, uh, so yeah, I guess I raced like Ed Shepherd, who is, a, um, he's also from Hertfordshire. So I'd raced him like a fair amount through those years and then, um, we still race today, so that's that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. But, but, yeah, I I remember racing the cross country and like having having fun with that. Although I then I was doing cricket in the summer rather than racing track, so that's why there aren't any track races until I'm about eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I I got into running um at like seven or eight I think my so my school had a they made everyone race um and the first time we did that I think I I was like second or third in my year um and so there was a like a PE teacher who would take us out for training at um at lunch times and so that was kind of how I how I ended up getting into it and I raced I raced like under nine fixtures, which is, is pretty, I think, relatively young for the, um, on the cross country scene. Um, but yeah, I just like enjoyed it. I was pretty good at it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many people, yeah, just get into it through some kind of cross country thing at school and get spotted by a PE teacher and yeah, just kind of, move on from there and kind of yeah just keep on racing and keep on enjoying it
3: yeah no yeah it's good and um yeah like uh running with your north hearts was was good as well i went with a couple of friends at school so um yeah that was that was fun as well
2: was there a moment like for or a race in, as a junior or maybe at university where you really started to to realize that you were good at this and you could go on to do this at an elite level
3: um, not sure at I guess I'm not sure at like elite level, but um I I really started taking it more seriously when I went to, to university. Um so I went to Cambridge and we had a like a really good club there. Um and we would sort of like socialize and like train a lot together. So that was what kind of really got me into running harder and um like I started running track for example um when I started at uni um and i think the 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 sort of first really big one was uh, bucks in my second year at leeds um where i finished 21st in i think 21st in the a race um and that was just a like a huge step up from anything i'd done before um mm-hmm. I beat like a lot of a lot of guys that I'd I'd never beaten before, I'd never even like really come close to. Um and yes, yeah, so I wasn't even technically meant to be in the A race because I didn't run that well in a selection race. I'd come um I'd come like one place outside, but then um someone else dropped out uh in the week before. So that was actually kind of lucky because yeah. if he hadn't dropped out, I would have I would have run in the B race. And um, you know, I probably would have run pretty well, but it's um yeah, just being in in that A race and and racing all those uh guys I kind of looked up to was, was like a big thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And it? it's weird how yeah, just a, a moment like that where someone getting injured or dropping out um kind of gave you the opportunity and yeah, who knows. And obviously you you still would have been a very good runner i'm sure but just having that that breakthrough moment there yeah, you just don't know what would have happened otherwise
3: yeah no yeah it's um yeah it's definitely interesting um to yeah. think
2: um and then so you said you uh were at cambridge and then you it looks like you moved to the yeah the us straight after university was that for for work
3: um so i so I worked for a year in Cambridge after graduating and then I went to University of San Francisco for a year. Um so I ran yeah, one year in the NCAA. Um and yeah, had a like a really good time there. Um so Ed, like I was saying, he he actually came as well and um Brian Driscoll and Alex Straw as well. Uh we all we all went there and um yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was very different. It's a lot more like professional, I would say, yeah. um, and a lot more kind of intense. Um, and I'd have loved to have a second year because I, I felt like I didn't quite reach my potential there because um, I think knowing how this system works and how the season works was, was pretty key, which I didn't quite have in my first year um but i had a great time um i ran some yeah, some like really cool races that i probably i won't do again um and you know you finish like in the cross country you're finishing like a hundredth say running like 24 30 say i think like it's just the depth is is huge. Um and yeah, it was a really, really good experience
2: there. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's something I'm I'm in my third year at university of London <clears> I'm definitely looking at yeah, postgraduate the NCAA, it looks yeah, really cool and might like say very professional out there and um just something that'd be really good experience.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely um yeah, definitely recommend it for I think for like grad grad students um just to sort of yeah like it's a it's a great opportunity to go to the us as well and and train and race and um yeah like if you you can take it maybe a little bit more professionally in a way than um you have been i think
2: Yeah, there seems to be more opportunities in the us for those like like semi-elite or elite runners that whether it's like the the elite groups they've got um you're part of the peninsula distance club in san francisco i believe so just there seems to be more opportunities for those yeah that might not like quite be on bridge athletics funding or those sorts of things just to have yeah a bit more opportunity in america must be like really really beneficial and help you get to the top level
3: yeah no yeah i think so i think there are more um more elite groups in america for sure um i guess that's um yeah and you see a lot of a lot of like british british athletes are in america um for like who are um like professional runners um so yeah i think i mean it's a bigger it's a bigger country and i think okay. there's they, like the NCAA especially, gets athletes from all over the world. So uh, it's kind of a big reason why it's like good, good running out there.
2: Yeah. Was that one of the reasons that made you want to stay out there or was it work, lifestyle? Because um, it I mean, you're in the UK at the moment, but you have been in the US pretty much full time since then, have you?
3: Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, so I, I've been there now for... Um, six years. Um, and um, so yeah. After graduating, I, I kind of wanted to stay. I work in I work in tech, and so being in San Francisco and Silicon Valley was um, felt like I should try and try and get a job there and um, see what it's like. And I, so I uh, got a job at Google and been there been there since. Um and yeah, it's it's just it's a really good place to live. The running is like great. Um I really like living in San Francisco. Um and yeah, like the there's lots of lots of good like places to run there. Um and the training and the training group with Peninsula Business Club is um yeah, I really like training
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like with being a, a elite marathon runner and um yeah, having a job at Google and kind of the whole lifestyle it must. So yeah, sounds like a, a very cool lifestyle out there. Um, how do you balance kind of that work with obviously a very uh, top company and I imagine very hardworking job with kind of the the, the training required to be as good at the marathon as you are?
3: Yeah, so um, I've been really grateful to uh, the teams I've been on at Google for, like, I have a decent amount of flexibility in um, when I can train. Um, So, like, I can, if I don't have a meeting today, I can train kind of in the day, say, um, and then I might work a bit later or a bit earlier. Um, And also, like, with flexibility to come here and be able to race and like train for the week before, uh, while, while working remotely is, has been like really, really good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that having a routine is is pretty important. I sort of, um, you know, most weeks I do have similar type of, of sort of structure to my week. And so if I know that, say, a Wednesday, I'm always going to have, like, a 75 or maybe slightly more um, minute run, then I can kind of know that's going to come up and I know how I'm going to fit that in with work. And I can um, kind of plan for that a bit easier. Um, and, yeah, I think, so the other thing would be, um, like, kind of, you have periodization with, with your, say, running training. Um, but I think how, and often maybe you think of that just in terms of the training, um, and like the sort of just the physical aspect of that. But I guess I, I think quite a lot about, um, like how that fits in with, with life and, um, like work as well. Um, if you, you know, if you're training really hard for eight weeks, and maybe you're, you're not able to give quite as much at work, but then after that you're able to, the running isn't taking quite as much of your life, and you can sort of rebalance things um, rather than it sort of being constant through the whole year, um, which, which I think is. It's hard um to kind of keep that
2: throughout yeah that's no, a really interesting approach like yeah just to balance like there's only so much like percentage of effort you can apply to each one and so to kind of shift it around as the year goes on depending on where you are in your training uh, just must yeah help to, yeah like to yeah. periodize the training both physically and sort of mentally as well
3: yeah and and i guess in the yeah so i will say from the work point of view because like in the middle of 2020 i was um working pretty hard because we we had a sort of important project that we wanted to finish um and so for those couple months i sort of knew that i had to maybe focus a bit more on work and you know i was, I was getting the training done but i wasn't kind of so like deep in it as maybe i was during the marathon training um but I knew that after that, I would, I would sort of be able to uh, like, uh, flip it uh, kind of in a way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's been really interesting to hear about your, your marathons successes and your training and yeah, your, um, life out in the, uh, in San Francisco. Um, just before we, we finish up, we'll just, uh, do some quick fire questions if that's okay with you. So yeah, just yeah, don't need to give them too much thought, just whatever comes to mind. Um, if you could go for a run with any sports person, um, assuming they could keep up with you, um, who would it be, and, and where would you want to
3: run? Oh, um, um I guess Mike. So Michael Owen was like my favourite football player when I was when I was younger um so maybe i would run with him um and um maybe like around anfield i guess
2: yeah no, yeah yeah good choice um you mentioned you kind of play quite a bit of cricket as a um a, a child but if you could go go and be a professional athlete in any other sport besides running what would it be
3: oh um Uh, I think, yeah, probably cricket, cricket was, um, yeah, like a sport I played a lot of when I was growing up. Um, so I think yeah. that'd be fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, any pre-race superstitions of, um, they have any note, or, uh, you just keep things pretty simple.
3: Um, I get, it's not really a superstition, but I like to keep things like pretty similar um and so i have a routine that works for me and i try and do that um every time really um yeah i've done i guess race enough now that i sort of know what works and i try and i try and replicate that um every time and but i guess i also try and um not worry if i miss something because um I guess that's the like anti superstition in a way. Um, yeah. I try not to not to worry if I can't get the same thing as as always.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you could only run in one race a year, um one event every year, what would it be?
3: Um, probably the say the night of ten thousands. I think um, It's great, uh, great race. Um, the atmosphere is. So good, and I have missed it for the last um couple of years, so um'm looking forward to it in
2: twenty twenty two yeah I think yeah, a lot of other races and I think they are starting to, but yeah, could learn from from the of the same kPGs it's yeah what running needs I think to make it a bit more popular in the mainstream
3: yeah, no, yeah, definitely they yeah, they do an amazing job i think it's um yeah, you look at like what the, say, British Championship uh, kind of race was before that, um, and it's just brought on the, like the UK's 10,000 um, meter runner,
2: which is, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and lastly, where can listeners find you on social media uh, if they want to?
3: Um, Some on Strava, um, so you can look at my training there. Um, I think Matt Leach and then I'm on Instagram, uh, Matt R. Leach.
2: Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thank you again for, for joining us. It's been yeah great to hear all about your marathon success, training, yeah, future plans. Uh, congrats again on a, a great run in London. Um, and yeah, we look forward to seeing more fast times from you uh, soon and, and next year. So yeah, thank you very much.
3: Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: Brilliant. Thank you. All the best.